Thomas. And this is Taylor. And we're here with the Three Dudes One Blog Podcast. And there's only two dudes, because Ryan is busy. With, you know, golf stuff, so that's fine. <laughs> so, uh, the way this is going to roll now is we have a specific topic we want to talk about, and then we might delve into some news if we feel like it, but that kind of depends on how, how long this conversation runs. So, you were telling me earlier, Taylor, that you had an issue with co-op and modern gaming? Yes. Um, it's just something that I've noticed, uh, especially as a console gamer, that it seems like the couch co-op is kind of fading a little bit in terms of AAA titles, at least. Like, there's obviously, like I was saying earlier, the indie titles, like Castle Crushers for the Xbox, for instance, or Resogun that just came out for the PS4. And uh, Diablo 3 is obviously a big name for right now, especially since they'll be re-releasing it for Reaper of Souls content. But in general, it seems like a lot of the games are focusing a lot more on uh, the online co-op than they are the local co-op, which, which isn't bad, you know, because it, it allows you those things that, you know, uh, we were discussing earlier about how, you know, like, we can cite the graphics as an issue in terms of why you don't have split screen in some games. We can cite a lot of other reasons about why it doesn't exist, but... Um, I, it's just something that I've noticed that is missing lately that instead of me hanging out with my friends playing these games, it'll be me sitting in a room talking to them on the headset that only works half the time to be able to discuss uh-huh. these things. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I think that you're talking more specifically like on FPSs because well, you're used to playing FPSs on local co-op, right? Yeah, and, you know, to a degree that's also... I suppose that's my skewed perception of the, what's the word, the catalog of games that are out there right now. Uh-huh. But at the same time, that's not to say that, you know, at least when I was still in my hometown, we would go out to, Net- we'd go out to Netflix, go out to Netflix, we'd go out to Family <laughs> Video and rent a video game and bring it back and just see what it was. Like, Dynasty Warriors was a game we'd play a lot, you know, uh-huh. hack and slash stuff. And then when Castle Crashers came out, that was pretty much, like, what we got together to mm-hmm. do for, like, a month. So, I mean, not that... Narrow-minded, yeah. I suppose is the word, but yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that certain types of games are having a bit of a renaissance of local co-op, and gaming in general is going more towards local than it has before. I think still with Call of Duty and Killzone and Titanfall, those kinds of games, you, you're you seeing multiplayer, um, the co-op being online, and I think that what you said before, it's partially because of the graphics. And I think more than anything else, have you ever tried to play a modern Call of Duty game split-screen? Awful. I tried to play Modern Warfare 2 at one point with somebody, and it was two-player split-screen, it was offline multiplayer, and it was just like, it was a disaster, one, because there were two people, uh, they don't come with bots anymore, Yeah. and two, because modern games are so detailed, especially FPSs, that it's hard enough to be able to see everything, I think. When you've got your full 32, 47, 50, however many inches of screen you have, and when you cut that either way, either horizontally or vertically, one, it skews your angles. Because it used to be on on Goldeneye, you'd have a square, or if you cut it into halves or fourths, you'd have more squares to play with. So it it didn't mess with your aspect ratio. And also games were like easy, like a wall was blue and the door was gray and people were like black and different colors, but everything was really basic. And I don't think it, it was as difficult to play as it is now. Instead of Call of Duty's current color palette, which is brown, dark brown, and like a 
deep and brown. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I think a lot of that, like the sameness of the environments and the, just the high level of the graphics in modern games makes it more difficult not only for the console to play, but for you to play. Because, like, I... It was really frustrating because I couldn't tell. Sometimes the person I was playing against would run right by me and I couldn't even tell. See him. Because everything was... One, it was small and the, the aspect of shooter was mm-hmm. skewed. So I was still trying to get used to what everything was supposed to look like. Yeah. And I just... I don't think... I don't think that we need Call of Duty or Titanfall to be yeah, no. local co-op. No, I definitely... I agree with you there. It's not those games in particular that I'm trying to champion. It's just mm-hmm. that... In terms of the AAA titles that get the biggest press, that get the biggest money behind them, the biggest mm-hmm. ads and all that kind of stuff, those are the games that are getting pushed. And I think when you... Th- you know, the only way that I really get exposed, being one of those kids from high school, those are the only games I play, the only way that I get exposed to the games like Castle Crashers or like Diablo and stuff like that is by going to Family Video and saying, well, now that I've played 20 hours of Call of Duty this week, and that's kind of boring at this point, what else can I do? Uh-huh. You know, and... It's a really big reason of why I built my PC, because I knew that there were a lot more interesting games on Steam than there were, you know, coming out of, you know, Microsoft Studios and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. but, you know, that aside, I, I, one of the biggest points that I agree with is the fact that it's the graphics, because I, you know, the consoles can't handle it. Maybe they, maybe we could if we had a certain rig for a PC and we tried to run the same game or something like that, but I don't think it would work as well either yeah no because <clears throat> I've played I've played four player co-op or four player local once with Modern Warfare 2 and that's even worse like you can't even it doesn't, you don't even know how much ammo you have left you're mm-hmm. just like where what's going on yeah there's so much detail on the screen and so much information that you have to take in that I think when you cut the screen down it just doesn't really work anymore no. I think the games have got are like Call of Duty FPS's have gotten too complicated for that to work I think there are plenty of other games, like you were saying, that that can do it, and they might be able to to make that work for with a first person shooter if they, you know, kind of reimagine the way that the interface works or something. Because, like with Diablo three, they completely redid the way the interface works to make it four player local co op compatible. And I've all the previews I've seen are saying that's really great, so I'm pretty excited about that. To get Diablo 3 on PlayStation 4 and get a group together and hopefully, you know, be able to hang out and play that and have some beers and just kind of recapture that kind of gameplay experience. Yeah, and, you know, but, you know, just when, like, thinking back to when I was, I don't know, 14, 15, something like that, there was a day that we got about eight Xboxes together, right, the first Xboxes, right, Halo 1, and it'd be put, loaded up someone's <laughs> custom map that they'd been working on or something like that. Mm-hmm. And we just had like a 16 on 16 LAN. Like it was an enormous game. And that was probably the most fun I'd had on that console in a long time. Uh-huh. And especially <clears throat> especially with just just quite plainly the current trend of those AAA titles. Like, uh, like another game I'm kind of excited for is that Evolve game that's coming mm-hmm. out. That's almost... Have you heard of that game? I've kind of. It's similar. Is it... Is it made by the Left 4 Dead guys? No, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be able to tell you. It's made by right off the top of I my can, head. But, I can try and figure that out. But um, what makes me super excited about that game is that it has components of kind of like a Left 4 Dead feel where you've got those four guys on one team who are trying to make, accomplish one goal. But then you also have the invert that's the one guy playing basically the Predator, right? Who's the guy who evolves and becomes bigger and badder and 
takes everybody else out. But, you know, what's great about that game is that it has that exact feel that I, like, those are the kinds of games that I love to play with people because when it came to Left 4 Dead, even if we did split screen, which wasn't as good, you know, mm-hmm. you still have a pretty decent experience because there's, you know, the mechanics speak for themselves in terms of its simplicity. And mm-hmm. it wasn't too difficult to split it down the middle and have you do the exact same things. Mm-hmm. But it, at the same time, you're still limited to those two people. And if you want to get together with more, you have to have multiple consoles. And if you want to do that, you have to mul- have multiple TVs. Like setting that, setting that up is such a hassle to the player these days that you know some games might get washed that deserve to be played when they don't get the kind of recognition that they deserve. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, I mean, I don't. I think that saying it's more complicated now that to do local multiplayer isn't necessarily true because if you've got 16 people with 8 Xboxes or what would that be 4 Xboxes if you're yeah. doing 4 people like you've got to get 4 Xboxes 4 TVs controllers for all of yeah. them system link cables to link everybody together so like I'm sure that was pretty complicated in itself yeah, it I mean like it was it was worth it, of course, and if you did that with a lo- with a modern system, it could also be worth it. But it's all about what um, what the publishers and what Sony and Microsoft want to put into it too. Mm-hmm. Because if they wanted to push it, if they wanted to put a bunch of money behind the idea of of local multiplayer, then it probably would be different than it is now. But when you're spending $300 million on a game, you want to do something that you know is going to make you that money back. And I, that's why Call of Duty and Battlefield and Assassin's Creed are made almost the same every year. Once they stop making money on that, they'll change. maybe they'll change and they'll go and say, okay, maybe we want to go back to this local co-op, local multiplayer situation that is coming up a lot in indie games and even like the mid-level games. Everybody's kind of yeah. going back and trying to get people to spend time together. Yeah, I, what was the name of the game that was like Legend? Oh, um, I was watching a video just today because I was just you know googling around trying to find some games that would be I suppose the word co-op-y. Um and Legend of Dungeon looked pretty funny. Um, the tra- at least the trailer that I saw, I still I'm still confused at what exactly I I saw in that launch trailer, but um, it definitely had the idea of you know having four people on that screen playing at one time. You know, I'm sure the way it would be played is one person on one computer, you know, four different computers in four different places and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. But I, I feel like the fact that you can see everyone at once and the fact that you could, you know, have voice chat or Skype or something going on in the background to at least give you that feeling that you're still hanging out with people. Because when you have games like, you know, The Division, which obviously got delayed, Destiny, uh, what are the other big names that are supposed to be coming out? that make everyone feel like they need friends. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, well, and you've also got the crew. I don't think... I don't know if any of those games have local co-op or local no, multiplayer split-screen. And what makes it worse is the fact that, you know, if you don't have that many people that... Uh, that You know, this it brings up that whole console disparity thing. Like, if I have two friends who get the PS4 and then three friends who get the Xbox One, uh, before I get it, do I decide to go with the two guys in the PS4 or the three guys in the Xbox One? And nine times out of ten, I can guarantee you I would probably choose the one with the most people I know on it mm-hmm. because those are the people I'll be able to play these games with. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, cross-platform servers would be great. You would think so. Um, oh, they would, but you know somebody doesn't want that to happen. For whatever reason. Especially considering 
what really confuses me, when I first heard about the Microsoft Cloud for Xbox One, when they were talking about how we're going to have all these dedicated servers, you're going to be able to roll up and roll down right as you need. And turn, at a dev standpoint, I'm like, sick, right? That means basically the net code is all that's there. Mm-hmm. And essentially, you just had a client that runs the game, which is why the whole download your games and play them as you want made sense to me at the time. Because I was like, okay, cool. So I just had basically my WoW client. I fire it up and get on a server and move on my way. Mm-hmm. So I thought, okay, that means if the Xbox hooks up to that same server and PS4 hooks up to a similar server and the PC hooks up to a similar server, if they're all running the same netcode, why can't we just meld the realms. I don't know what else, how else to say that. Right. I think the reason you can't play between Xbox and PlayStation is least. specifically because either one or both of those companies want you to, to be all in on their system. Yeah. If they make it easy for you to play with other con- people who have the other console, then like, what's, you know... What's the point of making the markets? What's, you know... Right, I mean, I I don't know if it's necessarily true that it makes a difference, but if you have three, if you have two friends on Xbox One, you have two friends on PS4, you don't have a console yet, you've got to decide what to get. I mean, it's it could depend on which friends you like more, which console you get. If it was either way, then it would, you know, I I think that can build into it a little bit. Um, but Microsoft has tested. Uh, Xbox One and Xbox 360 servers working also with PC servers. Yeah. Um, the the interplay between all of these is totally possible. I mean, especially now that everybody's running on x86, there's no yeah. technological reason that we can't do it. Yeah. Um, but every time they start testing console gamers versus PC gamers, it's always on an FPS, and the console gamers always lose 100% of the time because you can't beat a mouse and keyboard with a controller... And then Microsoft or whoever's developing it scraps that feature. That was going to be a huge feature in uh, Counter-Strike Global Offensive. Yeah. Valve was talking it up, and like there was this whole big PR thing about we can finally decide who's better, console or PC, controller or mouse and keyboard. And in testing, keyboard won literally 100% of the time, and they took it out. And that's the same thing that happened in Shadowrun last generation. Mm-hmm. Every time you I put console that. gamers against PC gamers, it's not that PC gamers are better, it's that they their equipment the is more precise for first-person shooters, and they're going to win every single time. Yeah. So I, that makes sense, because you don't want your gamers to come in and get discouraged because they can't compete on the same level. Yeah, because, I mean, it's ironic, because as a person who plays way too many FPS games, I cannot use a keyboard and mouse. <laughs> like, I bought, bought, I bought Battlefield 4... For the PC before I got it for a console because I was like, okay, this will be it. This will be the time that I, you know, bolt to the wall. We're gonna start playing some PC shooters. That's what's gonna happen because they look better, <laughs> they perform better. It's gonna be great. And why? In the first half, Battlefield Four had bugs beyond belief to, to start with, so that was probably a little bit hampering. But besides that, it was the fact that I could not like. It was like looking at a guy holding the controller for the first time. He's like, what? I don't. I don't. Just what's happening? Oh, I'm dead. Okay. Yeah. That, good game, guy. Good game. <laughs> so that was interesting. Yeah, but I mean, I, I don't know. I don't think the the trend of getting rid of local multiplayer or local co op is going away. Specifically, when we're talking about first person shooters, I think just about every other genre, yeah, um, kind of has this done. Well, uh, no, racing games. Most modern racing games don't have split screen anymore. No, and I mean, I would attribute that to the same kind of graphical issues. The graphics, you know, aren't... I feel like that's the only reason they don't at this point. Because, I mean, 
when you look at Need for Speed or Forza or the crew, and then what's Project mm-hmm. Cars? Is that the is that the really, uh, Project really Cars. hyper-realistic one? Yeah, that's, coming that's out? Project Cars. Yeah, when you look at the graphic, you know, quality of those games, there's I feel like there's almost no way you could basically double that because that's basically how split screen works. Is you right. just add another camera to the scene, and then all of a sudden you have to render it twice. You know, like mm-hmm. I almost feel like it just makes sense that the graphics would hamper it in that way. Right. Well, I mean, I I think you can like obviously you can turn down the graphics. Yeah. Games have done that before. Games did that on PlayStation Three. I mm-hmm. played racing games like uh, MotorStorm, where the graphics were pretty much halved when you played split screen multiplayer. Mm-hmm. But I think in a world where the developers are assuming that everybody is going to have the console one way or another, yeah, it. You know, if they don't feel like, or if they're not passionate about local co-op or local multiplayer, then it, they might uh, justify it by saying his friend has the game, has the console anyway. He can just buy the game, and then we get another sale, and they can play together. Yeah, it's you know, it's a win-win-win for us. Yeah, and I don't, I mean, I don't think that's a great, great idea, but. It seems like that could have something to do with it as well. Yeah, and I, and I mean, I suppose FPSs are probably a bad example of you know the, the fading of co-op. Mm. Well, not to, I mean, put, not to put it so blanketly, but at the same time, the, the basis of the multiplayer in those games for the last however you know six Call of Duty ten years, yeah, is basically you know one guy with his console, another guy with his console. Like the whole reason they came about with some of this stuff is to make sure that the guy who lives in Ohio and the guy who lives in Oregon can play the same game. Mm-hmm. Right, that makes sense to me. But at the same time, it seems like when you finally get to see that guy in person, you know, like, oh, I haven't seen you forever. Let's play. Uh, wait, uh, well, let's uh, wait. Uh, let's go outside. You know, <laughs> right? Yeah, and that sucks. Yeah, <laughs> but but things like things like Resogun, and then things like when I see the reboot of Gauntlet, mm-hmm. and when I see you know Evolve happening. Not that that's very local co op, but at the same time, that it has it gives you that camaraderie that I think a lot of AAA titles kind of miss. And partly some of the reason I think some of the communities for those games just suck. Because mm-hmm. it becomes so focused and competitive and all about just, you know, kicking each other's butt. Right. So that you funny. forget that it's... I'm just here to shoot some people, man. Like, mm-hmm. I got off work ten minutes ago. Just give me five minutes to hang out. Right. Well, I think... I mean, I think another thing with those games is... The idea of making it so that... I mean, teamwork is obviously great. It's encouraged. You can do much better in Call of Duty or Titanfall if you work as a team. Yeah. But I think the games are designed in the way that you can play it by yourself. Yeah. Because if you can play it by yourself and have a good time, if you've got a good feedback loop in the gameplay, mm-hmm. then you're more likely to play it. Like, I love Hawken on PC. Yeah. It's, exactly. it's a mech-based co-op team game. It's basically Titanfall for the PCs. It's kind of like Titanfall except way better. Wait, does he even... Do, do you, do you, are you a dude in that? No. You, you're, you're just the mech? Right. right. Well, you're a dude in the mech. Well, right, but I mean... you're like Right, you just control the mech. Yeah. But the, the biggest thing that makes me not get to play Hawken is it's unbearable... Teamwork is so ingrained in the way that the game was made, it's unbearable to play by myself without people that I know and I can count on mm-hmm. that know the maneuvers and can follow basic strategy. And who know what you're going to be doing before you start to do it and all of a sudden start to cover you and stuff like that. Right, right. So, like, if I could play Hawken every day, I probably would, but it's a matter of my schedule and my friend's schedule and everybody's schedules. And, you know, once you're over, like, 18 and not in high school anymore, you don't... Everybody's not 
always at home from yeah, uh, yeah. like 3 p.m. to the middle of the night. My friend um, got... Payday 2. There we go. Thought of the name. Mm-hmm. He got Payday 2 for the Xbox because he and about like four or five of his other friends were all just going to like start getting their own group together and just going on high sucker, high sucker, high sucker, high sucker. Right, just right. Just getting money on money on money to just own that game. And then, you know, they were, there were like eight of them. So there was always someone available. There was always someone on at the, at the start of it. But, you know, people got busier. The, the game's newness wore off, and people started to do other things, and all of a sudden, basically, Tim said he was the only one who played the game after about two weeks. You right. Know? And it's like, so, one, why did I pay money for this game? Even though mm-hmm. it was awesome, you should get it. Two, <laughs> but on top of that, it's like, you know, when I get games, sometimes, my first thought is, alright, this has online multiplayer, who will play with me? You know what I right. mean? And if I haven't seen any videos or stuff like you say that's, you know... Giving me the idea that I can have just as much fun playing multiplayer by myself that I can with my friends, which is one of the reasons I like Titanfall, because whether or not everyone else is around, I'll just shoot the grunts and specters till I come home and I'm done. Right. So, you know, yeah, I'm just, I suppose my point is that I'm just agreeing with you that yeah. it's just one of those things, I suppose, of the industry at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's just uh, the big players don't see it as something that lucrative. They don't see it as a big selling point to include local co-op with those kinds of games. But I think with most other games that are... Uh, just about every other genre is bringing in co-op and multiplayer and trying to bring it local and trying to bring people together again. And that that it'll eventually come to... The AAA FPSs and the AAA racing games, but they'll probably have to figure out how to make it happen. Yeah, you know, beyond just finding a way to lower the graphics or get people on the same screen, but also figure out how they can have them on the same screen but still do something together. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. because you know, as an FPS, that'd probably be kind of interesting to see. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I guess that kind of ties that up with uh, just about no resolution, but. At least we got to vent about it. Slash rant. <laughs> um, so is there any news from the last week that, that you think we should touch on? I would like to touch on your probably favorite news of the week. Which is? Microsoft dropped the Connect. Oh, well, I mean, I don't know if it's my favorite news of the week. There a lot of, a lot of cool stuff happened last week. Oh, well, okay. Okay, maybe but, okay, how about this? Your favorite anti-Microsoft news of the week. I don't know anything about anti-Microsoft news. I, Microsoft dropping the Kinect is just like this crazy last-ditch move. It's depressing is what it is, even as a person who wanted this console from the beginning. Depressing. Did you see um, that Fantasia game that's being developed, for instance? Mm, who's making that? I, I, I can't remember the developer, but I know it is sponsored by Disney, so I have to assume oh. it's either internal or they've got someone on it, but and it, the developer, I, I don't forget know. his name and what, what company is, I should probably write these down or something, but uh, he actually tweeted like the second that news came out and he was like, oh, well, that's great, because he's <laughs> in the middle of developing this title with the studio for Connect, and well, I guess that's not included with every console, so I guess, guess we can't assume what our market base was going to be 30 seconds ago. Right, and like, that's crazy, because it does shit like that to developers. 
is like um, harmonics have been making a heavily connect based game. I wonder if it was Rare yeah. only makes connect based games. Yeah, that's all like the blogs have been talking about the past couple of days. <clears throat> Marcus Austin talks with Rare to basically tell them calm down, don't freak out, we'll figure it out. Like, no, like I'd be I'd glad be for Rare to get to do something else other than connect adventures. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Microsoft dropping the connect, they should have. I mean, they couldn't have dropped it, but when Sony realized that they could make this advantage by not including the PlayStation Eye and took it out at the last second at E3 last year, yeah. that spe- that automatically spelled the death of Connect because if Ubisoft is going to put in um, motion control and, and voice activation features and things like that and really dig into it, Yeah, uh, they're going to want to do it when everybody has it. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't make a lot of sense for them to only do that for half their market. Yeah. And especially now that Sony, now that the PS4 is outselling the Xbox One so much, it makes even less sense for them to do it, to develop specifically for the Kinect. And I mean, I think Microsoft had to do it. it it's They needed yeah. to do it, but... It, it sucks for developers and it sucks for what the Kinect was supposed to mean and yeah. what it was supposed to do. Yeah. But as far as I'm concerned, as soon as, soon as Sony announced the PlayStation 4 without a camera, that dream was already dead. I mean, yeah, and I, I, I definitely don't refute the fact that it might have been kind of foolhardy for them to push it so hard after the announcement that the eye was going to be included, especially after it was a hundred, you know, $100 price drop because... One, you've lost however many people to the fact that they just don't want to buy the console for that much money anymore. Mm-hmm. Two, you've lost the amount of people that say, oh, you know, the whole NSA thing happened at the same time, which as stupid as it is, you know, I'd say 75% of the cons- of, you know normal consumers out there don't even read the tech blogs and do all that kind of stuff. They basically just wait for Microsoft to come up with the next thing, mm-hmm. you know, or, or Sony, you know, whoever. I'm right. just saying, average consumer of the day probably doesn't care that much about these things, but then they care about the NSA and how there's a camera that's 100% on all the time looking at you. <laughs> and it doesn't bother me in terms of the fact that if they really, if, you know, if, if that's our concern, if they really wanted to track me or figure out what I'm doing, I have a cell phone, I have webcams, <laughs> you know, like there's there are so many easier ways to track me. Yeah. But it's the fact that what I was excited about for the Connect is... The, the different ways it could engage you and, and immerse you in those experiences, like like what I talked about for uh, the new. <sighs> You're talking about Dead Rising. Dead Rising, yes. I keep, I don't know why, but Dead or Alive was just Dead or Alive, Dead or Alive. So Dead Rising, the new Dead Rising game. The coolest thing about that was the fact that you had to be quiet in your living room if you had that feature turned on because uh-huh. it would hear you. You know, and I wanted to test it, so I just stood. I literally stood in the middle of like a deserted street because I knew there were zombies everywhere else, and I just, I just started yelling like. Like just for the fun uh-huh. of it, and all of a sudden, like thirty zombies just around the corner. I was like, "This freaking works!" Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, and well, it's you know not that that's exactly a ingenious way to use it because then my thought was, okay, now if Chris comes home right now, he's gonna slam the door, <laughs> and a thousand zombies are gonna come and blow my face off. And I was like, "That's not good. That's not good." But you know, using it beyond that to do things like. I think the new Call of Duty had a feature or something where if you leaned, it would give you that whole contextual look or something mm-hmm. like that. They broadcasted that a lot. I tried it once or twice. And maybe it was just my setup, but it did not work nearly as well as it, as it would or need to for an FPS when you mm-hmm. become, especially a Twitch FPS like Call of Duty, where right. you have to be quick about everything you do. Right. But I feel like there could have been things 
that are way more, you know, not even that I can think of any off the top of my head, but, you know, ways that they could have used it that they can't now because they can't guarantee that the console's going to have it. The developer's not going to want to do it, like you said, because mm-hmm. not only has their market shrunk from the price drop, it's now shrunk from who's going to have it. Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. and at that point, you're basically looking at, well, we need a low-budget game that's going to keep the people who have it happy. And as much as people may want to deny it, it's going to be exactly what happened with their 360s Connect. It came out, it was cool, and then, you know, Connectimals came out, and all the little sports games came out, and that's about as far as it went because nobody wanted to do anything for it. Mm-hmm. Well, mm, sometimes that's just how it goes. It's just life. I mean, you you need developers that are that are passionate about it and that wanna want to do things with it. And I think that I think that if there was a developer that wanted it that badly to make a game, if they had this genius idea of how to use the Kinect and yeah. make it what the promise was for Microsoft that they would have done something like go to Kickstarter with this. Yeah. Or we would see something like it. Because there's no way that would have gone through like the rigmarole of AAA titles. Right, the usual channels of Microsoft or a major publisher. Yeah. Um, like, I don't see the interest from from developers, like indie developers, to do interesting and new things with the Kinect. Yeah, I feel like, you know, not to say that that's not interesting to them, but it's just that, like I mean, like you're saying, I feel like they're probably more interested in trying to make the mechanics the focus or do something interesting with uh, how people interact with each other or, you know, just mm-hmm. the experience rather than the immersion, I suppose, <clears throat> for most games mm-hmm. these days. Yeah. And they had to drop it because they need, <laughs> they need the sales. Yeah. Um, but... It's a little sad to see the vision of the Xbox One go from some grandiose scheme to next Xbox 360. To, yeah, basically now it's a less powerful PS4 that um, also has TV content coming to it. Yeah, that's that's pretty much everything. I, I literally had to stay off of all the, like, I, I did not go to Reddit, I did not go to Engadget, all those places, because... I don't, you know, besides reading the articles, I love to read the comments of people. You know, uh-huh. like they'll post like, "Oh, Microsoft dropped the Connect," but then it's like you see those fifteen hundred comments on it. You're like, "Well, I have to see what people are saying." And oh, you know, never read the comments. Oh, I know, it's so <laughs> depressing. The first person I read was like, "Well," <laughs> the first person I read was like, "Wait, doesn't this mean that everyone who currently owns an Xbox One should be happy?" He's like, and, and, and the exact next comment is like, "Why in God's name would you think that?" He's like, "Not only did I pay a hundred dollars more for a peripheral that I had faith in." I have now paid $100 more for a peripheral that will do nothing for me. He's like, mm-hmm. there will not be new games coming out for it that are going to be as great as they were supposed to be. There won't be experiences tied to it in the way that it sh- could have and should have been because there's not going to be the momentum that we're talking about behind it anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like, you know, after you read the 30th person saying the same thing, you're just like, well, that's enough depressingness for the day. <laughs> you know, turn that off. Well, I mean, do you, were there any games that were in development for the Connect, before this announcement, that really made you think, "Wow, like this is, this is great. This is next gen. This is why I, I have a Connect." No, which just was ironic, <laughs> considering how depressed I am at the fact that they dropped it. I think it's just yeah. Well, like it's easy now that it's there, now. There's no possibility, or no, there's not no possibility. Well, yeah. Somebody can do this. Somebody oh, yeah, still can could. still 100 percent totally blow it out of the park with the Connect. And make it that go-to peripheral, make everybody want to buy it. Mm-hmm. But 
you know, it it just seems to me that there's not that much interest from, let's say, hardcore developers to make right to make some kind of new indie whatever game that focuses mainly on the connect yeah and i mean this is i mean it's half the reason that we have the arguments we do about vr and it's not because i don't think that there's you know promise in the space i don't it's not that i don't like the technology or something like that it's just that when i look at what they're doing it's it's basically like um Oh, let's let's get into VR. Yeah, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's no, switch subjects. Gonna, no, we have to save it for Ryan. We have to save it for Ryan. We have to save it for Ryan. Ryan wants to be on on VR. <laughs> he does. He does. But we can't. But it's the like it's the exact same premise though. It's the fact that there's this new technology that everyone's starting to do really interesting things with, right? And uh-huh. that it, there's a space that opens up for a lot of innovation. And it's 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 the exact you know comparing like Oculus to the Kinect, you know. There's so many people coming out with, like, the thing you sent me the other day about how someone put Pokemon Snap in it. I saw a video the other day of some guy that legit put a VR experience that's you holding a Game Boy Color, and it works. So you can <laughs> play a game inside of a game, so it's a game section. That's really cool. I thought, I thought it was funny, but then at the same time, it's, it's the exact same idea that, sure, there weren't too many things yet that would cause me to say, I need an Oculus right now, or uh-huh. I want that connect in my living room. Mm-hmm. But, but it's the idea that you know, where could they take it in 10 years? You know, mm-hmm. the last game console life cycle was supposed to be 10 years, and I think it ended up being, what, 8, 9, or something like that. About about it's 10 years. Um, if not, wait, no, I guess it was, it was 2001 for the 360, right? Wasn't it? Two, no, 360 came out in 2006. Oh, man. Okay. Well, no, 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 2005. Okay, I have my dates wrong, that's right. Came out in 2005. Um, but so they said it was supposed to be 10 years, and I ended well, up being 6 or whatever. Let's be clear, Sony said. That the PlayStation Three life cycle was ten years. Is that who started it? I just yeah. remember hearing the whole. 10 Sony's year the cycle one idea. that says our consoles last ten years. And let me just be clear: Sony's still making games. Games are still being made for the PlayStation Three well into twenty fifteen. So it's the same three sixty. I can't name any titles off the top of my head, but there are ones that are three sixty only. Actually, the there were still PlayStation Two games being made all the way back in like twenty thirteen. Yeah, which so, is a little weird. I'm gonna be I, I find that a little weird. I have full faith that there will still be some kind of Japanese game coming out for the <laughs> PlayStation 3 Age in 2016. But, um, basically, I mean, just what I'm getting at is just the fact that, you know, with a life cycle that long or that short, depending on the console, obviously, you know, what people could come up with in the next 10 years for the Kinect could be crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, the Kinect Labs thing that I sent you a while back was really just the start of what people did with the technology itself and the device itself, like the fact that people could do that AR stuff, like mm-hmm. the Oculus guy that you showed me, um, the guy who basically did that, uh, he had three connects set up and he had the VR, and so he had himself in the experience that he was doing. Mm-hmm. Basically, like the fact that the connect is what basically fuels the technology behind that, besides the Oculus, which uh-huh. gives you the, the actual experience, uh-huh. is like... You know, who knows where they could have gone with it in 10 years, but now at this point, it's basically use it for anything besides gaming and use it for only the simple things that'll sell to the largest amount of audiences possible for Connect because you're only going to get about a quarter of the people who actually own an Xbox. Right, right. So, womp womp. Yeah, I, I, could, I could just talk about how great 
VR is forever, but I'm not allowed to. I no, guess. No, you're not. We're gonna we're mm-hmm. gonna say that for when Ryan can actually argue with us. Because <laughs> I feel, I feel like his viewpoint's a little bit different than he, than mine is, and I, I'm hoping we're not just gonna be like, "Shut up, Thomas, you suck." No, yeah, I think Ryan's viewpoint is that VR sucks and he's just an idiot. So. <laughs> okay, all right, yeah, he'll be the extreme. I'll be the guy that's just waiting for something to actually show up, and then you can be the one who's like, "There is on the way." There is so much cool stuff. There is. I'm just saying, why don't I don't want to spend three hundred dollars on something? Three hundred measly dollars. Three hundred measly smackaroons to get to play all kinds of shit. You've got you've got Eve, and then you've got Pokemon. You really? I thought the Valkyrie thing was pretty cool in terms of like putting you in the seat of something like that. Does that make sense when I say that? Yeah, that's what it is. It's putting you in the seat. Like, that's cool. Like, your controller... Which is why when you sent me Pokemon Snap, I was like, that's tight. Because that's a, that's exactly how I'd want to actually play that game. I don't want to be staring at the screen while I move my controller so the camera looks like it looks different places. I want to actually move myself and right. snap those pictures and then Pokemans. Yeah, totally. Pokemon. I mean, so but, so you've, you're a convert now. So it's going to be me and you I would versus say, Ryan. I, I'm not a convert. I appreciate that, like I just said, I appreciate the tech. I think there's crazy things that can happen in this space. I'm just saying that right now it looks like I'm just not. I don't. I don't, I don't want to get it. <laughs> so you you bought the $500 Xbox One on the promise of right? tech games, and here we are. And I, I but you won't spend $300 on a measly little Oculus you know, Rift. You know, don't tell Ryan this, and it's really awkward that you know this will be on the podcast anyway on the internet. But I have considered taking it back. And putting it towards the PS4 instead. But at this point now, I'm like, won't I get less money? <laughs> um, <laughs> because it's now $100 less. I suppose well, they might give me for console and for Kinect since that's Do you have a day one edition, cool. though? Yeah. Oh, that's true. You might be able to get eBay. some money for that. Get, Maybe I'll just eBay it. Like, go in for day one. one. Yeah. You want that? You want that day one? And then you can get... Then you can get Project Morpheus, and you can be excited with me at E3 when Sony announces Project Morpheus and everybody flips their shit. That's, uh, again. Okay, we're going to save it. We're going to save it. All right. All right. That's fine. Um, I've got all kinds of Sony E3 stuff that I'm not really going to talk about because it's just all rumors. I need, Yeah, and I need to do more actual lookups before we can really delve into that because I'm just going to be like, that's cool. That sounds tight. (laughs) I don't know what Microsoft's doing, but I think there's going to be another Call of Duty. Oh, wait, they already announced that. Is that not the most... That pisses me off so much. Did they I'm announce thinking, the new Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah with, yeah. with uh, the House of Cobbs. I thought that that was hysterical. God. But... I don't know what Microsoft is going to announce, because like, they've lost... Like, they can't do anything with Assassin's Creed, because Assassin's... Not Assassin's Creed. Far Cry. Far Cry's out. Call of Duty's out. They already announced Halo 5 and Halo Remasters. Can we... Can we just... What do they have left? Forget E3. We'll do E3 when E3 gets closer. Can we just talk about... Didn't a Halo remaster just come out, like, last year? Yeah. Did we not just get a Halo 1 (laughs) HD remake? Are we supposed to rebuy Halo 1 all over again? What if it's... I can't wait for it to be, like, 15 minutes of new content. But it it has... No, it's it's 15 minutes of day one DLC content. You have to, so you have to get a season pass to get that extra 15 minutes on top of the game. I wonder how they're going to integrate the connect with this new new Halo. You, you, you could probably just yell at Cortana and she'll just be like responding. Oh, wait, you probably could because that's now like the new Windows phone uh, 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 the, the voice intelligent assistant, assistant or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever the heck you want to call it. The new Windows phone Siri, right? It's Cortana. So what if I yell at her and she actually responds like, that's not very nice, John. Yeah, that'd be, I mean, that'd be kind of cool, I guess. But my point is, no, not as a selling point. I'm thinking do we really, do we really need another fucking Halo remake? No, we don't. It, it's so. It, it, the craziest thing is, I, 
in our group chat earlier in the week, somebody was talking. They're like, "Man, I wish they. I just want to buy Halo One for my Xbox One." And then, like two hours later, Microsoft was like, "Hey, guess what? You want Halo One? We got it. We it's got like, Halo it's like Two." Like they're stalking his Facebook. Like, what's he want? What's he want? He's the target consumer. What can we give him? Yeah, you, I mean, want, you want Halo? We got Halo. Yeah, this is just. This is just. I think this is a really reactionary response to the pickup of the Xbox One because it looks like Microsoft is now going into the Nintendo strategy. Oh yeah, which is depressing. Push, you know, we're gonna we've got we've built up these IPs, and Nintendo has a lot more IPs than Microsoft has. Microsoft basically has Halo yeah. and Gears of War. They bought Gears of War from Epic. And if I, I have another goddamn Gears of War game, I'm li- I, someone needs. I, I, I believe Cliffy B left that studio, so good for mm-hmm. him. But yeah, it just just stop. Not only did Cliff leave, they also I don't know if, if this is true, but I I would like to believe that Epic. Said we even we're not going to make any more Gears of War because they, they did make the most recent Gears of War didn't have Cliffy in it he no. wasn't involved and Microsoft was like well this is a really good IP for us we're just going to buy it from you and keep making it ourselves which is basically what happened Halo yeah so, three studios took over for Bungie now Bungie's doing Destiny exactly which ironically looks a lot like Halo which is what everyone keeps saying and I'm not going to deny that it does mm-hmm. but hopefully it's a little different so that's what yeah well it's it's going to be a Halo MMO. Yeah, and is that, is that really so bad? Is it? I mean, um, I don't necessarily. Uh, Firefall's a thing. Fire. It's a it's a FPS MMO, ah. which is it's kind of it's on PC. Yeah, it's PC. Okay, so it's this is why of, this is why I built a PC. Okay, basically the same thing as Destiny, except it's out now. Yeah, and see. That's another thing that's difficult about it is, you know, we have these really cool games that people are so hyped about from AAA from AAA studios, and then, of course, you know, how, how can you really call, I suppose Bungie is still a AAA studio, they're still Bungie, never mind. Yeah, Bungie is still AAA. They're, they're still Bungie, so, but then you have, I've never even heard of Firefall, but it's the same thing, and it's an FPS MMO, or how about Planetside 2? Uh, Planetside 2 is a pretty big game. Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a pretty big game. No, I know, but in terms of, like, especially console gamers, nine times out of ten if I talk to, you know... A friend of mine at work plays Planet Side Two pretty religiously. He loves that game. Uh-huh. And then I, you know, I was talking to Ryan at, Ryan about it one day before mm-hmm. you know trivia started, and he's like, "What's that?" You know, I'm like, "Oh, I didn't realize you did not know what that yeah. was." I yeah, that was a pretty big name. It's not apparently for most people. Well, yeah, I mean, for a lot of people, I mean, I think there's a whole group of gamers, and these are the people that push Call of Duty to make record sales every year that don't dig into the industry like we do. That look at the commercial that says Call of Duty's coming out, and they're like, it's "All right, Kevin, it's got Kevin Spacey checking out." Yeah, right. Wow. I mean, that's going to be like that's their game for the year. Yeah. Like they buy one game a year, or two games. Let's say two games. We're going to really stereotype these guys. He gets Madden, <laughs> and he gets Call of Duty, Call and that's Duty. all he buys for his Xbox 360, and he plays it with his bros, and that's <laughs> that's a giant swath of game. It is, and that's why it makes record sales every year. It's because even if. You know, if I talk to my friends who, you know, may have been in the game industry at one point in time, they're like, it is the greatest, you know, churn of of chum every year that's just the same old crap. But for the guys that that's the game they buy every year, if it's the same experience, fantastic. Upgrade the graphics, give me a new gun, and I'll play it for 300 hours. Yeah, so, I mean, I, yeah, it did. the takeaway is that Destiny is going to flop. I think so, too, and it's sad. Destiny's gonna flop, and I don't know what's gonna happen. I mean, that things like Destiny 
And Watch Dogs is in serious, I think, serious trouble. The Division is in serious trouble, I think. I mean, I think we might see some kind of game crash. Because there's a ton of money being put behind Destiny to succeed. Oh, yeah. And not only what that's going to do to Activision, but what the ripples of that are going to do to the rest of the industry. Yeah. I mean, I would be or personally... Like, uh, 38 Studios with the whole bankruptcy thing for Rhode Island, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, I think... I, mean, I, I don't, won't necessarily mind if we back away from these $500 million games and go back to making things where... It matters. Right, where it's, it's about the gameplay. It's, it's not about making... The, the next installment of a franchise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, which comes full circle. Look at this, people. Full circle back to the freaking co-op discussion. It's like, oh, maybe we'll start making games that I can sit with three dudes and play. Yeah. Instead of having to network across, you know, 14 hours traffic. Yeah, Destiny will flop, and then we'll get Destiny 2, and it'll be four-player co-op, and it'll be great, and you can play with your friends, and then everything will be right in the world. But then we're going to complain because there's no more multiplayer matchmaking. <laughs> will we ever be satisfied? Nope. Never. <laughs> Alright, well I think that's pretty much everything we have to talk about this week. Yes it is. So we'll uh we'll be back next week, hopefully with Ryan. That'll be nice. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so uh yeah. yeah, it's over now. You can you can go home. Go about your life. Um but seriously though, Diablo